Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina, and joining me, as always, when we talk boys lacrosse, is Dairyfield AD and, and head coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are you doing today? Doing great, Joe. We're we're ready for the playoffs here. Beautiful weather. So we'll get our we'll, we'll get our weather segment in <laughs> yep, now. Yep. Um, yeah, we had our all state. All the all the divisions had their all state meeting last night, so we've wrapped up the regular season. Playoff uh, brackets are out, and we're ready to go. We are ready to go. Yeah, it was a nice couple of uh, days to start the week. Uh, we're being thrown into the uh, into the fire. Um, I w- it'll feel literally like the fire uh, come Thursday, Friday. Well, nothing on Friday, but on Thursday. But then, uh, you know, it's funny that that first Saturday in June, we're usually talking about rain, but it's, you know, thunderstorms and where are they going to hit? And I, I think we might need to break out the... Uh, Get the parker back the, Yeah, out. yeah, for Saturday. It's going to feel, after 90 on Thursday, low 60s is going to feel uh, frigid on Saturday. You but, know me, um, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> Along with the rain, though, I don't, I don't know. I could do without the rain. Anyway, uh, you can listen to the Ninth State Sports Show every Thursday morning during the lacrosse season by going to nh-highschoolsports.com or wherever you listen to your podcast, including Spotify and Odyssey, although that will be changing uh, a little bit as we come up here. Of course, playoff time, we like to do a couple extra shows just to, to keep everybody fresh on what's going on and also, so we don't have to pile, you know, two hours worth of, a, of content into one show and uh, and keep you listening all afternoon or, or, or all day. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll be we'll be tweeting out a schedule on that. So so keep an eye out for that. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube at at NHHS sports. Uh, you can send in feedback or questions there or by shooting an email to NHHighschoolsports at Gmail dot com. Now, let me take a moment to tell you about our sponsor. The Ninth State Sports Show is proudly sponsored by Prolax Customs Lacrosse. Prolax Customs Lacrosse is the place to go in southern New Hampshire for professional stick stringing and custom dyed lacrosse heads. Prolax Customs has access to every major brand of lacrosse head and mesh, including ECD, String King, and even the new Armor Mesh. And goalies, if you're looking for an upgraded pocket or a brand new stick, Prolax Customs is the place to go. You can find them online at prolaxcustoms.com or follow them on Instagram or Facebook or send an email to prolaxlacrosse at gmail.com. Joe's good, but if you haven't gotten your, your stick strung for the playoffs yet, I don't know, I might be cutting it a little close. You're, but for, yeah. for the guys yeah. playing summer for summer, gearing up for the tournaments, uh, you know, now would be the time to get that in. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I can't imagine uh, the turnaround is going to be uh, that that fast at this point. I, speaking from – not that I'm stinging, stringing any strict uh, – Let's try that again. Stinging any stri- any sticks. I can't even do it. I can't even do it when I try. Uh, but but I, I you know creates crunch time. Um, definitely definitely feeling it at this point. Um, but yeah, we are we are getting into the playoffs. But uh, before we we get into the playoff talk, there was um, uh, some sadder news that we wanted to pass along. Uh, you know, we we talked a few weeks ago about uh, you know long time uh, lacrosse coach uh, at the high school college level in the area, uh, Gordy Webb. Uh, you know, was was um, in, uh, in in a bad shape probably about a month ago or so, uh, and and then and then we received word this past weekend that uh, un- unfortunately uh, Coach Webb had passed uh, over the weekend. Yeah, just the, you know, an incredible fixture in in um, New Hampshire. Well, not just New Hampshire, but in in New England lacrosse. Um, you know, had his hand all the way you know back into the seventies and eighties and into the nineties. You know, helping lacrosse grow in New England. Um, you know, was a longtime coach, 
uh, at Plymouth State recently, um, helped Nashua to their first ever ever title uh, back in 1998. 98, yep. He was um, there from 95 to 99, coach of the year in 95. Uh, they won the state title in 98, first team other than Pinkerton to win uh, an NHIA title. Um, you know, before that was a was an assistant with the with the Boston Blazers of the the uh, major indoor lacrosse league back from from ninety five to ninety seven. Um, coached Boston State or UMass Boston as it was known, uh, you know, Boston State back then for twelve years in the seventies and eighties. Um, you know, and just really from from all aspects, you know, he just he really loved the sport of lacrosse and loved to help see see it grow. Um, and was a was a fixture here in New Hampshire for a long time. Coached uh, Plymouth High School for a year there. I had I had got the experience to uh, to coach against him. It was a lot of fun. Like we would we would have conversations just you know about the way lacrosse has grown and, and the way that it was going there. And he, he just had a, a great outlook on uh, on the game. I think he he truly kind of embodied sort of the medicine game aspect of it. You know, he saw it as a way for for kids and young men to develop and, and become better adults over time. Yeah, so certainly uh, sad news to hear and, and, and very sorry for that loss. It's been a tough the, year uh, for Nashville. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but let's, uh, let's move on this week to uh, we've got our last uh, coaches poll, I guess, of the regular season, uh, if you will. You know, this comes out, you know, we do this um, little break, you know, at the end, at the start of the playoffs until after the postseason because – there, you know, there's the the postseason is so condensed that I feel like, you know, we're doing it, so we're turning it around so quickly that it's not even kind of we don't really, you know, some teams have go a week without playing a game, so it's kind of tough to say who's, you know, where you would put teams in your poll if they change it all in the in the playoffs and all that. So, we got one last poll um, that came out yesterday before playoffs. The final poll will be out. Uh, I believe we're we're scheduling that for the Tuesday after the championship game. So. Uh, instead of making everybody uh, send me a poll at like 10 o'clock on on June 11th, where I'll, I'll give them that extra day to to let it marinate a little bit. And, it's nice uh, and yeah, uh, yeah, you know, I try to be fair. <laughs> um, but you know, this week's poll, um, you know, a few changes, but um, you know, we're back to uh, to a top 10 that looks uh, pretty similar to last week's. Of course, BG, the number one team, uh, once again. Pinkerton hanging on to that number two spot first time I think in like six weeks that that uh, a team has had uh, the number two spot in consecutive weeks. Exeter at three, Derryfield at four, and then we've got uh, the Bedford Bulldogs making a little bit of a move, um, kind of moving out of sixth place. They actually finished in a tie for Portsmouth this week for fifth. So Bedford technically not sixth for the first time all season, but in a tie for for fifth. So they they appear sixth on the list uh, this week. Yeah, and again, I, I mean, we've been talking about it all season, where the the fluidity of that that top five to six teams there. Um, you know, if there was ever a good loss, I, I think Bedford had it the other day. I mean, that was an incredible showing uh, against Pinkerton back on Friday, Friday afternoon, early Friday evening there, uh, in a game that that could have gone either way. I think. Um, I believe they were up in that game at one point. It was two nothing um, yeah. for most of the first quarter, and I think Pinkerton scored with like ten seconds left at the end of the quarter, and then Bedford just had a bad stretch in that second quarter where Pinkerton was able to go up. I want to say they were up six four going into halftime, and they end up winning nine to eight. So yeah, certainly a, a great showing from the Bulldogs, and and a great win, you know, on the other end for for uh, for Pinkerton as well. You know, wrapped up. Um, 
you know, some favorable seating for them too. And um, yeah, nice, nice showing all around by both of them. You know, then to continue the poll, got Londonderry hanging on to seven, Timberlane at eight, Merrimack nine. And then it sa- sounds like that uh, the coaches listened to you uh, last week after you said, why did you drop St. Thomas out of your top 10? Oh, St. Thomas is back in the top 10 this week. They, they edge past uh, Winnicunit, who had taken the 10 spot last week. Uh, St. Thomas moves back over them, so they're in, they're in that 10 spot. And then Winnicunit, uh, Bo, and Wyndham also receiving votes this past week. Um, so a lot of the same characters, um, you know, that we've seen throughout the season. Um, really interested to see how that shakes up over the next, you know, two weeks um, or so, uh, because you got a lot of teams that are in that poll that are going to be playing each other. Whether it's I was going to say first by this round, Saturday, by yeah. this Saturday, I think you're going to have a real yeah. good, uh, at least, especially the bottom of the poll. I think you're really going to have a good indication because a lot of these teams are going to end up matching up in the quarterfinals. Um, you know, fairly early there, and you'll you'll get a good sense of, of where where teams will likely finish for the year. I mean, we've already um, we know of two matchups already. You're going to have Londonderry Pinkerton in in one quarterfinal in D1, and you got Merrimack Bedford in another. Um, you know, two matchups where what a segue right there, right into D1 playoff talk. That's, right there. that's you know, when you've been doing this as long as I have, <laughs> you you every once in a while you stumble along a good uh, a good segue. Uh, um, See, and now you, you you broke my train of thought there. So that that uh, you're a professional. I, I go, from, back together. I go Let's from go. yeah, I go from all the way at the top there to quickly plummeting to uh, to the depths. Um, yeah, two games. I you know I think those two are really. You look at those quarterfinals. You know, Concord and Dover. They got those last two playoff spots. Great for those programs to be in the playoffs, especially Dover has hasn't been there in a couple years. Um, but two really tough tasks for both of them. Concord going to play Bishop Girton on Saturday, and then Dover playing rival, uh, Seacoast rival Exeter. Going to be two tough games for both of them. The other two games, you know, you look at what happened most recently. I know, um, you know, Pinkerton and Londonderry, the first time they played, game went to overtime. Pinkerton a little banged up in that one. Full strength uh, coming back a second time, and they they beat Londonderry pretty handily. And then you look, Merrimack and Bedford played last Monday. It's a a 10-goal game um, that at times felt that like Bedford was in complete control of that one. But, you know, Merrimack showed some fight in that game. Londonderry certainly got plenty of fight in it. Two quarterfinal games that maybe could be a little bit tougher in reality than they look on paper. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of adjustments that, that Merrimack and Londonderry can make. A lot of times, though, you know, in when you've seen each other, so, uh, you know, multiple times during the regular season, it comes down to, you know, do you have the personnel to match up, right? And, and you think, well, we'll scheme up this or we'll scheme up that. But, you know, again, how do, what does the matchup look like in the face-off circle, goaltending? Um, you know, I, I think that's, that's going to be a key thing going forward there, too. Um, you know, is I, I've been hearing that there may be some some health issues with with goaltending within Division One. There, certain teams may be beat beat up a little bit there. Um, that can swing things either way. Injuries in general, right? I mean, we we've, we've saw that with with London area, or sorry, with Exeter and Pinkerton this year. Sure. When they were when they're at full strength, they're they're you know they're a, a ver- they're very very good teams. Um, so you know, without knowing the health status of of all those different teams, those things can sway it. Again, I think there's only so much you can do in terms of scheme. I mean, you can play a zone. You can try and be a little bit more deliberate on offense. But it really comes down to do you have the guys to match up? Um, 
you know, but I, I, you said it earlier, who wants to play Londonderry? I know, I know that Bedford game kind of spiraled out of control, but they have, they have the ability to play really good defense. Um, if everybody's healthy, they've got good goaltending and, you know, they can get out and transition. Um, I know we said that and that didn't, that didn't turn out that way against <laughs> right, Bedford, I know, right? but again, it's, it's high school and, and teams have bad games like that, you know, and Londonderry has proved throughout the season this year that they, they are a good team. They're resilient. Um, you know, uh, until they prove otherwise, I, I would say that that um, that Bedford just played really, really well that day, and it was probably just a, a little bit of an anomaly for for Londonderry. You know, things spiral out of control sure. sometimes. Yeah, that was a weird day, weather day too. I don't know if you were if you were outside at all that day. Um, I, I'm trying to remember what that was. La- that that, day. that Wednesday, that Wednesday of last week, where it was really nice most of the day, and then right around five o'clock. At least where I was, I was over in Derry. Oh, I, you know what? And we went indoors that day. Just yeah. opened yeah, up. Yeah, did. You're right. And it was one of those, you know, it was one of those summer rainstorms yeah. where it felt it was torrential, and you like, okay, this will be done in five minutes, and it went on for a half an hour. Uh, I remember I, trying to cancel baseball games that yeah, day, and people I, didn't want to listen to me. No, no one wanted to. But then, and then once the rain stopped, yeah, the temperature dropped about twenty degrees. Yeah, I, it just it was uh, it was. It was a weird day, um, and then of course Bedford had their senior night right. that night as a well. Extra juice, um, yeah, yep. yeah. So yep. all those things. So yeah, those those two games though, I, I'm definitely definitely ones I'm keeping my eye on, and if I can fit them into my schedule Saturday, um, uh, certainly I'm going to try to do that. Other but, things working against those two teams. I mean, you know, Merrimack and Londonderry traditionally they have home field advantages, right? They've got a grass sure. field yep. that you know yep. turf teams aren't necessarily used to going to. Both those games being played on on turf, I, I don't think help either in in uh, in that respect. Yeah, you know I, the other thing I, I want to mention with the with the playoffs D one playoffs too is how much time we we spent this year going, well if this team ends up here and this matchup could be this and and this could be that, and here we are going into the quarterfinals and and one through five one through six, I mean if you if you had ranked them at the beginning of the year, this is probably what you would have come up with 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 BG one. Exeter or Pinkerton two three, Bedford Merrimack four five, and then Londonderry. Well, uh, Londonderry in there too, but but Londonderry six. One, I, I those still think three Merrimack, Merrimack's a really nice surprise this year. I think I think just uh, you know the success they had. I think you know we were talking at times like could Merrimack actually you know finish as high as a, a two or a three seed? But I mean that that's a that's a great run for them this year, and and you know they're going to give everything they have um, you know coming up in the quarterfinals there. Kind of a, a you know I, I I keep thinking that those games are on Thursday too. I'm like oh and then this game there and then it, just waiting so long for these games. Yeah. It's kind of the the frustrating thing with having so few teams in Division One and so few teams in the playoffs. While everybody else is kind of going here and we're we're they're fresh on the mind. These guys I, I feel you know that's rough. They, they got to go what in some cases maybe even maybe ten days without a game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know uh, there's some some plans in the yeah, works. I mean, some teams they, will be unless they played on Friday of last week. Yeah, yeah it could be up to ten days there. Yeah, so. um, it I, does give an opportunity. I don't know when you want to segue into it, but it does give an opportunity for some teams to scrimmage beforehand um, in the NHIA. Once the regular season is completed, you are with permission from the NHIA. You are allowed. To, you are allowed to scrimmage that week. And I, I've been hearing a lot of teams are taking advantage of that in doing that this week. Why not? You know and. You know, anyone wants to, to not that I'm going to go cover a scrimmage, but I sure wouldn't mind watching scrimmages. Uh, um, although I, I hear I say that and then I, I there's a million playoff games going on, too. So um, any other thoughts on Division one? Um, I mean, it, it's kind of again with 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 their eight teams and four games and 
Um, it's uh, it, it's pretty compact. Pretty, it'll be if it's over too quick to be to be perfectly honest. But I, I think these um, these first couple games, and then we'll we'll get into obviously the semifinals more next week um, once we know who's going to be there. But I think that's trending in to be um, some really good matchups for that as well. Yeah, I just I think the way the seedings fell out, I think you're going to get some really you're going to get some really good games. I know earlier in the year when we were looking at it we're like oh man could could bg and exeter play in a quarterfinal or or in a yeah. in a semifinal and um things things shook out which i think is great because you know a lot of these coaches scheduled themselves some really hard out-of-state games and i think it's great that they were able to do that and it not end up affecting um you know where they're they're ranking yeah that, that's what you want we i mean we we got treated to some really really great out-of-state matchups this year you know, BG, Pinkerton, Exeter, Bedford, you know, um, you know, Concord played some some good teams from out. Londonderry, Londonderry had a couple, I think. You know, yeah. so I think that that's great for the growth of the sport in New Hampshire and to see that, um, you know, I, I still think we need to move to some sort of power ranking system or something. But, um, you know, it was good to see that 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 played out the way that it did this year. All right, well, let's move on to uh, to Division Two, and uh, I I didn't realize when we've been doing the podcast all this time that I was sitting here with uh, with a a seer at uh, Hetstradamus over here picking the uh, the top ten in Division Two two weeks ago uh, when it looked like I don't know it looked like a big old mess to me outside of maybe the top four seeds. Uh, but you you texted me a picture you know your your handwritten charts there or, or <laughs> notes with a top ten for division two and it, it ends up being the top 10. Uh, so, um, it was pretty good. I mean, there was, what, what I, are, what, what are the lottery numbers going to be tonight? Cause uh, I want to, <laughs> man, man, if I knew that, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, it was, it, we had to take a couple stabs at some guesses there, but there were, there were some good sure, likelihoods yeah. that, that played out over time there. And, um, you know, I think again, you're going to get some really, you've got some intriguing matchups written down there, some games that, um, you know, could be really good. Come on Thursday here with uh, with the seeds the way they played out. The 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 eight nine game between Sauhegan and Hollis Brookline yeah. is the one that kind of jumps off the schedule to me. Um, you know, because that was a that was a very good game during the regular season. Um, you know, at, at that point, I think Sauhegan was still was just starting they to figure out things some things. Out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and Hollis had had some some good wins and some games where they were competitive with teams, and then just depth ended up being a factor at the end and so he can went in on a, a tuesday night and and surprised hollis um got up early and then and then held that held him off and I mean, uh, what's amazing to me is if you look at if you look at hollis's season in total right Sauhegan is the team out of all the teams that they played that held hollis to the least amount of goals all season long uh, hollis i mean even in their losses was scoring eight nine ten goals a game Right and and Sauhegan was somehow able to hold them to six goals in that game, which is no no easy task. I mean, Hollis has got some guys on offense that can put the ball in the back of the net. That's yeah. I you know what I hadn't had not uh, had not noticed. That. I mean that was and that was a good low scoring game too. Yeah, like it was it was wins a, or losses. Sauhegan was the team that was able to hold them yeah. to the least amount of goals this year. So yeah, impressive. and that one that one's going to be an interesting day too because of again the the schedule the way it is the Hollis girls also have a quarterfinal game uh on Thursday and uh I believe they're playing that one at four and then turn around and playing the boys game at 6 30. Smart get out yeah. of the heat sun will be down a little bit then it's good planning right there yeah yeah um so that should be a fun day um 
Want to give a quick shout out to uh, to Coach Dom. He was recently, uh, without giving away too much from last night's meeting, but he was he was selected as the uh, as his peers coach of the year there for Division Two. He's done a really Excellent. good job with that program, and uh, so Dom, congratulations on that. Well deserved. Yeah, he's uh, he's done a, a fantastic job over there of of getting this program headed in the right direction, especially coming off a stretch where they were going through, you know, it felt like a new coach every year. Um, so. You know, great job to, to Dom and, uh, and and glad to see that that's, you know, they're heading the right direction. Sauhegan, too, um, yep. a team that, that um, you know, coming down to Division Two. But they've year, come together really nicely yeah, this year. Down down the stretch here, they've looked really good. Um, some nice wins under their belt as well. Getting and, Cole uh, Manning back in the lineup has definitely helped. Added an offensive threat there. Good to see him back again. I've always been a big fan of Cole yeah. and glad to see him back playing again. So, yeah, that should that's, uh, I mean, eight, nine games you usually expect to be pretty good ones but that one looks like it's gonna you know i, I think that's gonna be a great one you know the other how two, do you handle your eight nine games in your in your march madness bracket you have a you have a system oh, for geez, that or you flip a, a coin no, like i mean it's a coin flip really like i yeah yeah i i you know if 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 um <laughs> if the line is really skewed one way or the other that's usually you know like that deserves a little bit more research maybe you know why why is that the case right? yeah um, nobody's setting any lines for these games, though, so that's that makes it a little tougher to pick them. Um, you know, the other two games that I, I really thought look um, pretty intriguing to me, at least um, just, you know, it, it matchups in my head. you got the, uh, Alvern St. Thomas uh, as one quarterfinal. Uh, the Broncos putting together arguably their best year in program history. Um, I know they were a playoff team last year. Um, what got to eight wins this year. Uh, look like at times that they might even get a little bit more than that, but um, certainly a you know great season for them. Um, and then Goffstown Winnicott, you know it's it's uh, again you bring up March Madness. This is the the five twelve matchup in the in the division, and um, you know I think you know Goffstown played Winnicott to a one goal loss earlier this year. You know if you want to take it one step further too, you know despite being the twelve seed, you gotta if Goffstown is able to pull off you know, an upset here, you look ahead to the second round and if, you know, the chalk holds and Wyndham gets there, they were, uh, what a multiple overtime loss to Wyndham. Yeah. Uh, in the regular season. So, so if, if I'm Goffstown, I'm, I'm not to get too far ahead of myself, but it would not be unheard of to see the 12 seed possibly make a, make a run here. Um, but you know, yeah. Uh, you know, that, that usually when you're usually when you're the five seed and you get the twelve seed, you're thinking, okay, you know, not a bad not a bad matchup for us. I do think golf or uh, when it kind of playing at home, I think he's going to feel comfortable uh, comfortable Whoa. there too. The regular season game was at was at Winnicott too. That was a seven six uh, seven six Winnicott win. So, yeah, right, we'll see. Um, but you know, speaking of Winnicott, we talked about you know them a couple times this year. Just there you know they're where we thought they were going to be you know they they have that tough stretch to start the year going 0-3 um and then end up winning 11 of their last 12 games you know the only loss just a, a, a tough matchup with uh with Timberlane um in that last week of the season when they're playing like I think it was like four games in six days or something like that um offense and yeah. defense seem to be coming together there like you said I mean it was a, a again things happened and, and you know they had a tough loss to Timberlane but they They've been scoring double digits, and they've been they've been holding teams, you know, their their scores down there. So, you know that that win at the end of the season against Alvern, playing back to back, coming off of Sahegan was pretty impressive to me. Um, you know, putting up fifteen and holding them to six. 
Um, that's an Alburn team that, you know, again, it was vacation week when they played SDA early in the, and, and SDA is arguably as hot as any team right now. Um, but yeah, that Alburn team, you know, they, they played SDA to a 10, eight game there. Yeah, so 10, eight. And it was a middle of the stretch where they were, they had St. Thomas had lost four out of five. Yeah. That was the one win in that stretch. And they've, you know, they've taken they've certainly right the ship since yeah. then seven yeah. wins in a row since then getting themselves back up towards the top of the standings. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm that'll be of course, you know, you mentioned that the home field too. you know, playing at Alvern playing on, on a the fast grass, track at SDA is much yeah, different. Yeah. You know, you make mistakes on the grass. Maybe the ball stays in bounds, you know, on the turf. It's going to be it's going to be flying around there. St. Thomas has got some really good shooters and Jackson Estes and Finley Detola And, um, you know, they, they they've got some guys that can that can score and playing on a fast track is definitely going to help them. And that one uh, is a seven o'clock start on Thursday. So a nice, not just on turf, but out under the lights. Yep. Uh, again, a- hopefully after a lot of the uh, the the warmer weather is, you know, cooled off a little bit. So that's, the sun uh, at least won't be beating down. Sure. It might still be yeah. warm at that yeah. point, but yeah. Um, the other so so the other interesting thing I think about the way the playoffs have lined up uh, involves your team, uh, Derryfield, because we started out the regular season. You you guys open the year against uh, Oyster River Newmarket. And uh, you, how did you prepare for that? What what game did you go watch to prepare for that that game? I, I went out and scouted Oyster River, <laughs> Oyster River and Conval, so it's come and full who, circle. Who are you going to get? Uh, you get the winner of the, the Conval Oyster River Newmarket game on Saturday. So you're scouting them once again. Scouting um, them once again, and we're going to have to scout them because it's it's been a full it's been a full season since then. Both teams have, have gotten better since then. Um, we did play Conval recently, but they were missing some guys when we played them. Um, and as I've said throughout the year, you know, I have a, I have a tremendous respect for, for what uh, Coach Haley has done out there. He's got a young team this year, but they're, they're playing really well. His, his freshmen on attack are playing really well. Um, Sam Gilmet at the midfield is playing really well. Finn Mason is a, is a beast in the goal, um, you know, and they've always got a good defense. So, um, you know, we're, whoever we draw in that, we're going to have to play well come Saturday. You know, and, and Oyster River's season, too, I mean, you could look at it and say there's been ups and downs just – looking at wins sure. and losses you know but the thing with them is is they beat the teams that you know they they should on beat. paper on paper they beat the you teams would say they those beat, are, yeah. yeah exactly and while some of the scores are, are you know maybe a little bit more one-sided than you 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 know you, you'd like in that case a lot of these games that they've lost against the bigger teams they've been in they've been you know, in going into halftime half. absolutely yeah, yeah. absolutely you i don't want to uh I think both Portsmouth and St. Thomas, they were, I, I remember those halftime scores being fairly, fairly close. Fairly Timber, close Timberlane, I think games. they might have even yep. had a lead on Timberlane. I think uh, you're right. Halftime I think of you're that right. game. Yep. You know, and then late in the year, they, they went to overtime with, with Winniconnet uh, yep. before dropping that one. So, I mean, certainly a team that um, I think, like we said, has gotten better over the course of the year. They're and, always well coached. They're always uh, very disciplined. Um, you're gonna have to if, if you play Oyster River. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to be playing well yourself because they're not gonna make a lot of mistakes. You know, the other side of that, if if Conval pulls the upset here, yep. we might have to start talking about the Conval being the the replacement for St. Thomas in the Dairyfield quarterfinal because uh, that would be what two years in a row playing them. You played yeah. them last year in the quarterfinals. Um, you know, the joke is there that that for what maybe four years in a row, it was you played, three or four years in a row, we played, played St. Thomas, Thomas, yeah, in the, in in the quarterfinals. quarters, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, 
that you know that's coach Hulahan had it there. on his calendar he had, <laughs> he had uh there were his wife uh was a was a dance teacher and the, it would always fall on the biggest dance recital of the year so he would always have to apologize to his wife every year uh when when that happens and it so. was always a season ending game too which i think i wasn't going to say that joe I, well I'm, i mean i'm the facts are the facts i you know i can't can't change that um but i mean that's that that might make it sting a little bit more right is that you not only miss the the big dance but then you could go you know the season's you know done at that point uh but you know conval a team that um you know they lost that opening game to to oyster river newmarket lost their first couple um, you know, but then went on a nice run there midseason. Um, you know, they're they're a team. This is what, like we said last year, I think they were the seven seed. This year, the ten seed. Nice to see that they, there's. You know, I know they've had some changes in in coaches and and personnel um, the last couple of years, but there's some consistency at least within the in the program within the lacrosse community out there. Yeah. No, I mean, they've been super competitive all season. I mean, Nick Squitrito and goal for them has been been rock solid, made some made some good saves for them all season, kept them in games, won some games um, for them. You know, and they're another team that you look, you know, they they've kept teams down in terms of in terms of scoring and they, they've just learned how to grind out those close games like that. Um, you know, they had a great, great win in vacation week over Wyndham, um, you know, and they they've they've just they, they keep winning. They keep finding ways to win. Anything else in the the D two uh, landscape that uh, that stands out to you? Um, no, I mean I think I think the it, it's funny how it kind of it kind of shook out how we how we thought or at least how <laughs> I thought it would over that time. Um, you know, again, uh, I've been saying it from the beginning. I want to give Coach Lawson and Pembroke a, a quick shout out here. You know, their goal at the beginning of the season was to make the playoffs. They did it. He did it for his seniors. So again, congrats to Coach Lawson. And his guys, they had a good, uh, you know, they had a close, but they, they needed that win at the end of the season. They got a 9-10 win over Kingswood and, and got them into the playoffs there. So, uh, yeah, congratulations again to them. Yes. Um, you know, as well as they played at times this year when I was looking through them, that, that they're the 13 seed. It's a, it's um, a that's tough, a, that's yeah, a tough break because yeah. they have. They've, they've, played, they've played arguably as well. You know, that, that is the difficulty with the unbalanced schedule. Um, you know, I think it – you don't necessarily get the matchup maybe you wanted, but um, but making the playoffs for them was huge this year. Well, speaking of unbalanced schedules, uh, I, w- I want to talk about Division Three and this tiebreaker that um, it, I mean isn't necessarily like a crazy tiebreaker. Like on the on the you know one of the girls' sides there, I think that you know the Division Two playoffs on the girls' side, one of the tiebreakers went down to like the ninth tiebreaker, which is basically flip a coin, um, which I don't think is. I can't remember ever happening in any sport. I I, I don't remember that ever yeah. it, in lacrosse. I don't remember that ever happening. No, I, I don't either. Um, but what's what's crazy about this tiebreaker to me in Division Three is just that it, you know, because of the unbalanced schedule, it ends up happening. So what what you had here is Co Brown, Laconia, and Hopkinton all finished ten and five. Uh, you know, good enough for fifth, a tie for fifth place. Obviously, they can't all be fifth. You had to break the tie somehow. The first tiebreakers head to head, they did all play each other. They all beat each other. The only thing is, is that Hopkinton and Cole Brown played twice, and Cole Brown beat Hopkinton twice. But because of that, that tiebreaker can't be used because everybody's got to play an even number of times for the tiebreaker to work. Well, or to tie the tiebreaker to be used. I mean, you could say sure. you could use it, yeah, yeah. but I don't think. I mean, that's not necessarily fair if you know one team didn't play have the opportunity to play someone else 
you could argue either way. I, I So what was the next tiebreaker they went through? So the next tiebreaker is uh, rating against tournament teams. So basically – So I would have thought that Cobra – Two wins would have given would have pushed them over the top. It didn't though. Hopkinton actually went six and five against playoff teams, which is a better rating than what Laconia and Co. Brown had. They were both five and five. So the way the tiebreaker works, Hopkinton gets taken up, put on the top. Right. They they're get the five, five seed. Makes sense. The tiebreaker resets, so you go back to the number one with Laconia and Co. Brown. Well, Laconia beat Co. Brown, so they win that tiebreaker. They end up with the sixth seed. Co Brown ends up seventh, and in the in a you first round game. You went deep on this. You went. You know, that was a. That's that was the kind of that's the kind of service I provide here at nh-highschoolsports.com. You you want that was impressive tiebreakers, and and I say that you we talked about mentioned the the flip a coin tiebreaker there. That's that was the only one I had wrong, uh, in terms of my playoff predictions here, where everyone was going to be seated, and honestly, how do you how do you figure out what the committee is going to choose? Yeah, so of course I had that one wrong. Uh, First time in, in um, I don't know, let's say five years. Um, but, but I mean, just, just that flip there. You know, you go from, from Co Brown having beaten Hopkinton twice. That's but tough. because That's they really, lose yeah. to Laconia, That's really tough. that flips everything around on its head. And then it creates some interesting matchups here, too, because going into that final couple of days of the season, Laconia had a, a game against Pelham to end the regular season that if Laconia right. needed a win to make this happen... And if they won that game, that meant they were going to play Pelham again. So by losing, by Pelham losing to Laconia, that means they get Laconia again in the quarterfinals, and then this whole tiebreaker gets set up. Uh, it just, it's, it's not, you know, it, it's not. I'm not saying it, oh anyone did this or that. It's just circumstance. Like it just, it's funny how that worked out. Um, you know, Cole Brown then ends up playing Bishop Brady, who beat uh, Interlakes Moultonboro in the last game of the regular season to get in the playoffs. Um, you know. Not your typical seven ten matchup there either, uh, where there's a difference of of five wins on that side because it just feels like there's a lot of parity in division. Obviously, Bo yes. running the table, they've been dominant, but it feels like pretty much two through ten, any of these teams could win. Well, we talked last week because it, you know what, when we were doing this last week, it looked more likely that Hopkinton or Laconia was going to end up with that seven seed and not Co Brown. And we said that was interesting because Laconia only beat Brady by one and Hopkinton only beat Brady by two. Well, Co Brown only beat Brady by three. So, and that's the thing is, is since, since they've come back from, uh, or that first week of May, after that first week of May, Bishop Brady's been right there with, with everybody. You know, they, they won uh, four out of their last six. They have those three games we just mentioned. They also only lost to Pelham by one. Um, they, they've. I, I'm telling you, I, I, it will surprise me if Bo is not in the finals. But other than that, you could tell me they're playing anybody else, and I'd be like, yeah, sure. It, it could go, yeah, it could go a number of different ways. You know, um, Hopkinton has been playing well uh, out of late. Um, Guilford, who's playing in the other first-round game against Trinity, a team that, that looking at on paper, I don't know what to expect out of them. They open the year with a, a four-overtime win against Pelham, where there's seven combined goals scored. They get a win over Trinity, um, 8-2, which is actually Trinity's largest loss of the year, if you can believe that, six goals there. Um, they start the year 3-4, and four, and then, you know, they, they lose to some teams that are higher up in the standings, but by scores that don't compute with what they did earlier in the year. Yeah. Um, but then they turn around 
and they win four of their last or excuse me five of their last six and 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 lock up that playoff spot so again it's it's um like you said nothing really would surprise me outside of Bo not you know not making it to at least the final four I say that just given we said the same thing I think last year about Campbell um and and they ended up not you know reaching the final last year Overall, overall, though, I think I think division division three has the potential to be the most entertaining <laughs> out of out of all the Absolutely. divisions in terms yeah. of like, you know, do we get do we get a seven seed in the in the finals of, uh, you know, of, of division three, you know, something like that. I mean, I'm not going to predict it, but but well, I mean, you're the prediction guy now. So I, I mean, I'm not I, predicting I, anything. <laughs> I don't want I don't want anybody. uh I think I think after the last couple of years, Coach Knight is ready to kill me. After the last couple of years, there, he's, just because I I do I love uh, you know I, I I love his program and I love what he's done and I do have a lot of confidence in them. But uh, you know I have not been real good on predicting those things, so I'm staying away from making right, any predictions right. in Division Three. Right yeah, if you're looking for for you know just anything to happen, Division Three boys, and I think on the girls' side, Division Two, you know, with Portsmouth being up in Division One now, there's certainly there's a lot of good teams in Division Two. I don't know if there's anybody that's head and shoulders above anyone else. Uh, so that'll make uh, quarterfinals on Thursday there uh, pretty interesting as well. Um, certainly looking forward to all these games. It's, uh, it's, it's, again, it's hard to believe that we're already here, that we've already gotten through to, to the playoffs. Um, I feel like it wasn't that long ago. We were, still, we were doing our previews. Uh, I mean, it really wasn't that long ago, but usually it feels like a season has gone by this has just flown by um this year which um a little little you know bittersweet um but certainly looking forward to these games um yeah any anything that um anything we didn't go over that kind of jumps out to you uh, uh, to keep an eye out for over the In next terms couple of days playoffs? no yeah, I, yeah. I think we covered pretty much i think we covered pretty much all the the, the first round matchups there um you know, next week I think it'll it'll be great. But basically, when we're doing the podcast, it'll essentially be semifinals. Um, you know, that night we'll be doing basically a little preview. You'll, unfortunately, we'll be we'll know. Well, I, we were gonna we were gonna mix it up a little bit there and do a, a couple extra podcasts. Or at least I thought that's what we were gonna do. But if you want to do that, that's what we'll do. I know you Give, put together a schedule. That you can show where you can see where my head's at right now. Sure, sure. But um, you know, it'll be like I said. I think next week will be a lot of fun. We'll have some um, you know. Maybe there will. Maybe there'll be some crazy things going on in the, in the divisions there, and we'll have some some interesting matchups. But if nothing else, I think you're going to have some really good um, some really good high level lacrosse being played over the weekend here, and leading to some good matchups next week. All right. Well, I think uh, I think that'll just about wrap it up for this week. Unless there's any other bigger picture things you wanted to to get off your chest or, uh no i mean uh, other than okay. i really enjoy it you know i had a good time this weekend we didn't uh didn't travel anywhere got to spend time with the family but got to watch some really good lacrosse i thought the uh the semifinals in division one were both great semifinals so, you know a little bit of controversy in uh in one that i know you enjoyed and uh you know as a, as a pit alum um you know there i don't know if you I want hate, to comment on that i at told all, you all sure i i've told you i think i've mentioned in the past i root well at least more so for college football season that there's there's three teams that I root for every college football weekend it's Pitt and whoever's playing Penn State and West Virginia so yeah that was a that was a blown call like I've you've ever seen a blown call but the fact that it happened to Penn State does not does not break my heart so my comment on that is I I it was definitely a blown call but you know I I do think you know if you look at the official 
he was definitely screened on the play. The other official comes in, they talk. Did you have a clear view of it? No, I did not. You got to call it a goal at that point. You know, I, I think the other way, you know, if they wanted to, they could have they could have called a push with possession too. If they wanted to call it in the, in the crease and wave off the goal, Duke goes man up and you say, well, maybe they wouldn't have scored on that. That is possible. But it definitely was going to be a penalty if they didn't call it a goal. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, sometimes that's sports. That happens. And and I think if you, you know, just thinking about the technology, if you went back in time, how many other goals? You know, oh, sure. Guy had yeah. A foot. yeah, exactly. Again, you know, a rule is a rule. He had his foot over the line, right? He was in the crease. But how many times has that happened in the past where people didn't catch it before this technology? Existed? How, how many you times know, does like, it happen out on the, the high, high school the, field? Right, that no exactly. One, yeah, you know, no one catches it. If nothing else, the, the offensive player got position on the defender. The defender was in a position that he had to take a penalty in order to try and stop him from scoring. So, you can kind of say, look, you know, Penn State made a mistake and Duke took advantage of it and they got lucky. Yeah, you know, it's not yeah. like his foot was, you know, a foot into the – it right. was on the his line. His toes were yeah, over yeah, the line, yeah, basically, yeah. And, and then there. And, again, a rule is a rule. But, uh, you know, and then the world balanced itself out. Notre Dame took care of business on there. And, yeah, you know, Duke um, I, think so. I'm, I think I told you the beginning earlier in the year that my, my pick had been Princeton, and, and once they, uh, they got knocked out, I uh, went back – into the uh the the places you go to do such things and uh and and pick notre dame so worked oh. out well for me there you go yeah. so you're able to, you're able to cover games this week you get some gas money yeah right. exactly yeah exactly all right well i think that uh i think that that's probably the note we should end it on uh <laughs> well chris thanks again for uh for doing this and and always appreciate it and um good and i'll luck look at you. your schedule and we'll we'll, we'll, we'll figure out we'll do a podcast figure out. Again we might, soon. we'll probably do a podcast at some point next week uh and uh, good luck this week to, to you, you. And, and to everyone else out there. Um, you know, I hope you have uh, everyone has a great ga- has great games. Fans, if you're getting out, enjoy the games. Um, you know, if you're going tomorrow, bring plenty of water. If you're going Saturday, bring your bring your raincoats. Um, actually, just bring it all every day. That's pretty much what I do at this point. But he's Chris Hetler. I'm Joe Marcellina. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you next week.